Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Kidney Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Deborah Moore Greenlow, who was recognized this summer at the Governor Service Awards as the Volunteer of the Year for Northeast Wisconsin for her years of service with Special Olympics Wisconsin. So, Deb, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having thanks me. For having so, me. how are you doing today? I'm doing really I'm doing well. Really thanks. Well. Just, thanks. Came, Just off came off a weekend of volunteering at Special Olympics. Special Olympics. So, so, still flying still high. Flying high That's from wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, could you start off by telling us a little bit about the volunteer service you do at Special Olympics Wisconsin? Sure. sure. Back, Back in, in the mid 1980s, I became interested in working with, well, actually, it was earlier than that. I'm sorry. Back in the 70s, I became interested in working with individuals with intellectual disabilities. And in June, I it became, it became very clear very to me that that's what I wanted to do. I had read a book about Special Olympics when it first started with Eunice Kennedy Shriver, and that intrigued my interest even more. Though I went to college at UW-Whitewater, and at the end of working through my degree, I had to do some student teaching and found out more about Special Olympics. And then when I started teaching in Janesville, they had a small program there, and I was aware of a regional track meet. So that was my so first was volunteer, my experience. volunteer experience, I believe that was in 1987 in the, in the spring. And then that, and then year, that year, I moved I to up north to Wisconsin Rapids area and started working in Nakusa. And they had a very strong Special Olympics program there. And I taught with next to a teacher who was the head of the program. And she got me involved right away because she knew I was excited. So from there, I hit the ground running and served in many roles. That's wonderful. And it's so amazing you've had this continued volunteer experience with them for the last several years, since 1987, and have had even a passion for doing it before then. So could you tell us about some of the different roles you've had over the last 30 plus years? Right after I started right after teaching, I think I was there a couple of weeks, and the bowling tournament came up, and they needed a volunteer to go to Milwaukee, and I said, sure, I'll do that. And at that time, the program was with the county, and so we served athletes eight years old to, I think my oldest athlete was 91. So yeah, so we went to the bowling tournament, and that was an eye-opener, but it went very well, and I was excited, and came home, and then I started coaching cross-country skiing, and then I went to track, and from and there, from it, there it, it just kind of developed, and I worked with them for about three years, and then I got hired in the school, the Rapid School District, and they did not have a program, a Special Olympics program. They had kind of worked together with the county program. So myself and a couple other special ed teachers, we put together a program to present to the school board in Wisconsin Rapids, and they were very excited about it. So from there, that was in 1990, Wisconsin Rapids started a program. When you have a program, you have, program, to have you have what they called what they an, agency an agency manager or a program, or a program manager, manager, and each and each is assigned a number. a number. So we were so we agency two forty four, for example. And so I so I ran that. I was the agency was manager, manager in that position. You're the treasurer, the secretary. You know, you fill out all the paperwork and find coaches and volunteers. And that was really exciting because we had some had some great people in the school district that were willing to help and to help step up too. And just through word of mouth, the 
um, students the at the high school, school come, come and help volunteer. And so that program built. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And so then after that, there was opportunities for me to get involved in taking some coaching classes that would be that would lead to doing trainings to other coaches so that they could get certified. And then from there, I was on a conference committee that was held at the state level, and it just seemed like jumped in to helping out at tournaments and volunteering as a track official. I took a track official class where I was a certified track official for anything, but I let that lap, so I just was a bona fide official. And so I helped out with track, and then I helped out with bocce they needed official, so I started that doing that, and then they did some athlete training, and I was really excited about working as much with the athletes as I could. Those are a few of the roles. I was chosen to coach at World Games and the National Games, so that expanded there and got to know people across the United States, so if I could be on any of those committees. One other thing that I helped do was write a Soak It Into It curriculum, which is a worldwide curriculum for schools to teach knowledge about working with kiddos or athletes with intellectual disabilities and looking to be unified together and to have students take part with typically developing peers, and that was really interesting. We traveled to Washington, D.C. to write that, and then to Arizona to put that together, and so curriculum has expanded over the years. I believe we started that in the early 90s, so it's still going strong and expanded from there. So that was an exciting part. Otherwise, being on committees for leadership and other pieces that I can tell you more about as we get into the podcast. Well, that's fantastic. So you said you've done some track, some cross-country skiing, some bocce. So I know there's different seasons for Special Olympics. So what are some different sports that you've personally coached so far? I coach bowling, bowling, which is in the fall. fall. Then in the winter winter games, games, there is snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, skiing, downhill skiing. I just stuck with with snowshoeing and cross-country skiing. In the beginning, snowshoeing wasn't a part of it until later on in the years they introduced that. And so then I leaned more towards snowshoeing because it was an easier sport for the athletes, the athletes to learn. To learn. In, in fact, one of my athletes for cross-country skiing got his picture in that curriculum I was telling you about, so his picture is all over, which is really cool. Now he's 30, back then he was just eight and his picture was put in there. And then the other sports, season track was in spring, so we coached that. I didn't coach any summer sports to begin with because that was a break from school, so it was hard to get together with athletes. But as the years came around, I was really interested in and, and they needed and help needed with help officials, officials, so then I learned what, what they needed what for they that, and I've been officiating bocce for, for, oh gosh, I don't know, 15, 15 years, and then and this then past this year with the National with Games, the USA Games USA in Orlando, Orlando, I applied, I applied as a track as coach for a bocce coach, and I was selected as the head bocce coach, so then I really had to learn what it was like to coach the athletes for that, and it was it was such an exciting experience. We just had a great time. So yeah, those are the main ones that I've coached. Volunteered, volunteered at other at events, events powerlifting, powerlifting and, 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 and at the and basketball, basketball tournament. tournament. So. That's wonderful. At the USA Games this summer, so were you leading the delegation of Wisconsin athletes or were you helping coach or officiate at the games themselves? I was leading I was the leading bocce, the bocce delegation, delegation for, for Team Wisconsin. Team we had 65 athletes that, athletes that went and 12, and 12 of them were bocce Two were unified partners and then the 10 were athletes with intellectual disabilities. And so that was 
our group, and I had three other coaches that were with us. So we had a nice group. That's wonderful. And what was the age range of the competitors that you brought down to Florida? For all of the delegation, our youngest athlete was 18, and I believe our oldest was in the 80s. In my group, our youngest athlete was 22, and then the oldest was 75, and she was a peer athlete. She was a mother to her son who was the athlete. That's wonderful. And I know you've had a great opportunity to do a couple of like of the world games. Where have you been able to help traveling? You tell us about that experience. Oh, yeah, it was oh, yeah, great. It was in, great. The beginning, in the beginning, I was, was selected, in, selected 95 in 95 to go to, to, go to Connecticut, Connecticut, to New Haven, to New Connecticut. Haven Connecticut. And that was my and first was my world first games. World but games. I back up but for a second, second. And you asked me about getting into volunteering in 1991. The world games was held in Minneapolis. And so one of our athletes from Wisconsin Rapids was selected to go with the bowlers. So my husband and I traveled to Minneapolis to watch the games. We just wanted to see and, and, and one of the experiences, one of the experiences I had was watching track. And while we were watching track, it was an event that was a 400 meter, which is one time around the track. The running race, not a walking race, but there was a gal in there from Africa, and she did not have shoes on, and she definitely had cerebral palsy, and did not have a real stability walking. So she started, and everybody took off ahead of her, and she persevered around that track, and she probably took 15 minutes where everybody else was done in about two, but she would go and she would fall off the track. And one of the rules is you can't help as a volunteer. You can't touch them or they're disqualified. So everybody would be cheering. She reminded me of a little bird falling out of her nest and then getting back on the track. And when she came around the last corner, everyone in the stands was cheering. I get goosebumps still talking about it. But she went across that finish line and she was so proud. And you could just see by her face that she has accomplished that in the whole. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the Place, because, because it was because just it was such a neat such experience. So, experience. So that was kind that of my, kind of my lead that, oh, hey, this oh, is hey, something this I just want to continue with. So anyway, back to 1995, when I was selected, I was really surprised to be selected because there are only a handful of people chosen, and I was selected to go as a track coach. And so that was my first one in New Haven, Connecticut. And back before 2000, all of the World Games were held in the United States. And then after the first one that was held out of the United States was in 2003, and that was in Ireland. And Otherwise, in Otherwise, 1999, 1999 I, went I went to North Carolina, North Carolina as a track coach. As a track coach. And, then and then 2003, I was not selected as a coach, but I went as a volunteer. So I got to so stay got with to the family there, and that was really interesting, interesting to learn the culture. And then 2007, I went to China. And then 2011, Athens, Athens. And then 2015, was back in the United States. That was in L.A. And 2019 was the last one that was in Dubai. The next one is going to be in Germany, Berlin, Germany. And... I did and find out that I was not that I was selected not to go as dad, but, but I'm going to I'm keep going trying to see if I could just go as a volunteer or, or go in some go capacity. Some not so much not to go to Germany, but just but that would be a, a, a bonus. But it's just so it's awesome, just so to, awesome be to be with the athletes and, and see everyone. The other games in 2021, we were supposed to have the World Winter Games, and I applied as a snowshoe coach, and I was selected for that. Then when COVID hit, it was supposed to be in Sweden, I believe. 
leave, and they pulled out at the last minute. They decided they couldn't raise the money for it. And so then from there, it was moved to the next year, and Russia won the bid. Then that was 2021, and then again then it got to 2022 because of the situation with the state of the states and the government and COVID. It was canceled this last winter. This winter it was canceled. So that did not that did not National Gansha USA Games that are held in the United States. I did take part in Iowa, Nebraska, New Jersey, and just recently in Florida. That's wonderful. So support the athletes as they get to also, many of them experience some of the new places as well, and then get to compete against people around the world and see inspirational stories from folks. Like you mentioned that one that happened in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's interesting because so many of them have not traveled outside of their city, let alone out of the United States, and then they have to fly. So just getting, just getting, you know, the athletes acclimated to that is good. And you mentioned the cancellation of the games because of COVID-19. I know that Special Olympics had to do a lot of retooling due to COVID and you helped, I know, the Unified Leadership Task Force is part of that. So you tell us the role you had with helping Special Olympics respond to that and help you work to keep working with your athletes over during the time. Well, we would, well, we as would, far as my as local, as athletes, local athletes, I continued to, to coach bowling, but because of but COVID, because we, could COVID we could only practice maybe practice one or two one weeks, or two and then the numbers would go up, so then we couldn't practice. So then they had to go practice on their own and turn in their scores to me, and I would turn those in. So that's kind of how we kept it. It wasn't the best, but at least they got to take part in some way. And the big games, the state games were held virtually, so we turned in scores, and then they received awards for that. As far as the training training. We were doing face to face training before COVID hit, training athletes, as coaches, healthy habits, being healthy athletes, and global messenger. And that was always great. The athletes looked so forward to getting together for those trainings. Training COVID hit, and we couldn't do that anymore. Then, working with Jeannie Rovat at the Special Olympics office, we put together some curriculum that we could do on Zoom. And Zoom was real difficult to begin with because people had to get used to how to use it and just not having that. Having personal, personal interaction, interaction face-to-face. Face face. But, but as we created the training, training classes, classes, we tried to put in activities that would keep them interested. And, and so in the end, we were able, able to put together the athlete leadership coordination. And when the, when the USA Games USA came up, we also had some mandatory training that we had for our athletes. So we were able to reach, gosh, I don't know the exact number, but I know it's close to 150 to 200 athletes that have gotten certified to be leaders. And we, and we are helping them be more recognized in the community and also to be more recognized with Special Olympics. And one of the neat of the parts that we have is an athlete leadership council. So we have athletes selected from each region. There's eight regions across Wisconsin. And so we get together once a month and meet. And this is so that the athletes' voices are heard. They bring the voices to the meeting. And we know, for one for one thing, there's a task, an athlete leadership force throughout the whole world, and as a part of that, in the very beginning, the first thing that that leadership council put together was they changed the mission of Special Olympics from having our word written into that mission and changing that to intellectual disabilities. That was an awesome piece. But now our athletes in Wisconsin, we have athletes on the board of directors, and so they have their voice there. But our big point of that is just to give them a voice and let them take part in roles other than being an athlete. That has been just a great way to do it. Zoom is not the most ideal, and we're all hoping we can get back to face-to-face eventually. But it sure has solved some issues as far as even the athletes having to drive and find transportation to get where we have the training.
That's great, at least that it's found a way to keep people connected when it's not that most ideal, as I think we've learned. That's not always everything that you'd hope to get out of the experience, but at least it's allowed that connection to remain. Right. And right. Kyle, so, and many, Kyle, of so many of the regions, regions or, or athlete groups, groups had to stop had doing to stop all doing special Olympics, Olympics because, because um, you had to meet a certain level in the COVID chart about how many were infected in that county. And so if it was above a certain number, then you could not meet face-to-face. And so some groups have literally not done anything for two years in the athletes. This has been one way they can be a part still Special Olympics. And they were they were really sad and sad because they this is all their activity that some of them get. So it's been really hard on them. We're starting to see some of the in-person stuff has come back, but I can imagine how difficult it would be and how challenging that would be. Especially when, like you said, this could be one of the major outlets to be able to participate Right, right, right. One right. of the training that Tyler mentioned, mentioned with, mentioned with the, healthy the healthy athletes or having a or voice, having a voice is that athletes, athletes need to feel comfortable to feel going to the doctor, doctor and having their and questions, questions asked and not having and not the having doctor, doctor to a parent that's there, that's there but to talk but directly to the athlete. athlete. So that's been so another, that's another great turnout that we've had from the training That's wonderful. Looking at your decades of experience as a volunteer, so you might pull a couple of them or it might be hard to pick just one. What are some favorite memories or some some highlights from your service that you could share with us. There's many. There's many. Um, every um, game, every a, game new adventure, a new adventure, and so many great, so many memories. great memories. The first, the first games that I went to, went to a New Haven, New Haven. you always have you always opening have ceremonies, ceremonies, but you have to have all of the countries or states line up. In, in the beginning, in the beginning, we, beginning all of the United States, all 50 states were invited, then all the other countries. So Wisconsin, of course, is in the United States, of course, is at the bottom of the alphabet. So we were always at the end, and we lined up in the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New Haven, and so... So we were all we were the way up all on, the, way up the, on top the top floor, and then you just then keep kind of swerving down to get to the bottom. And so that was so really that was slow. It might have taken us two hours to get down to the road. And once you hit the road, you move. It was so because everybody had to just move, and people were handing you roses, and you walk underground and come into the stadium there, and it was and was all the people. So it was just was just just blew your mind and how how all the people were there and with the excitement. So that was that was one of the big. Memories, to, memories begin to begin with. One, one event that event just, that happened, just happened, in happened in May, May was at was our at regional track meet in, in, in Merrill. And we and have an athlete, have an athlete that, had that had a visual, a visual impairment, impairment that was competing, that was competing from, another from another county. county. And, and so when you so have when you have an athlete that's an athlete doing a race, a race that has a visual impairment, you have to have a rope so that they can hang on to the rope so they know they stay in their lanes. And we have a picture of all the volunteers that were there that day coming together. Together, holding that holding rope, that rope and, and cheering on cheering these athletes, on athletes as they came down, they came down. and so and making so them making feel them like maybe they, they weren't they able to see, but they were able to compete the race, and they had and all they these had people that were behind them cheering them on. So many of those experiences are just great highlights of how volunteers come together. One interesting memory is when I first started coaching with the county up here in South County. I had athletes, I was telling you that were up to 91 years old, Old and um, we had gone to the track meet. We stayed in the dorms in the Stevens Point. And so in the morning, we'd go get the athletes, go eat breakfast. And I noticed this one time this gentleman was really eating slow. And we got to get back. we got to get our events. So he finally finishes and we get back to the room. And there on his dresser are his teeth. So he didn't have any teeth in. So that was what made it so hard for him to 
eat. So it's just those little, those little things, things that you have to pay attention to. But he was so excited. And then that day I dropped them off at the group home in Wisconsin Rapids. And he got out of the car. And I'm guessing he was like 89. And he and he walked over to me and gave me a big hug. And he said, I love you, coach. And it was just, it was, it was another tearjerker that you, that he hadn't said too much the whole trip. And so that was, that was really cool. You knew that you gave him a great experience and a chance to get away. And one other and thing one that other stands, thing out stands out, too, is when we were traveling, we were traveling from Wisconsin Rapids up to Merrill, we had to leave had Wisconsin, to leave Wisconsin Rapids. Rapids. And we were going down the highway, and one of the gals in the backseat says, wow, I've never been out of Wisconsin Rapids before. She was like 16 years old. And it was just, again, to stop and think what we all take for granted. And it's, I don't know, you just don't even think about those things. One of the greatest memories, Kyle, that I have to share, Share is, is I had I an had athlete from Milwaukee that was a part of our our, our national games USA, USA games in New Jersey, Jersey. And, and she went for she track, went for track, an outstanding, outstanding track athlete, track athlete. And, she and she had some had attitude, some, attitude, and some behavioral some things, but, things, but overall she overall did she great. Did so great. we get back, so we get and, back she and she applied to, to go to the World Games in LA, LA, and she was selected. And right after she got selected, she found out she had stage four. Breast cancer. Breast cancer. And, she, and was she was about 23, 23 at, the at the time. Her name was Olivia. And so, and so she was bound and determined she was going to go to L.A. LA. That, was that was the last thing that, that she did. She, she was did. going she to was do, going that. do that. And so, and so um, she worked it out with the doctors that she would do chemo up to a certain point. I think we went in August. And she would do chemo up to a certain point and then she would stop so she'd be well enough to go to the games. And she went and she had lost all of her hair. And we got to, we LA, got to LA, and, and she was real she tired. Was real ESPN, ESPN focused in on her and did a huge story on her, which was which was very cool. And then we got to the track, track. And in the meantime, a couple of coaches and myself purchased the do rags that you tie in your head, and they were the United States, USA colors, red, white, and blue stars. And I had given one to Olivia, and then so she didn't know about it. We gave it to all the athletes, so that when Olivia came out. To run, her to run her race, everybody had everybody them on had in the stands, stands and was cheering her on. And, and so that was so that was that was just it was just so neat how that how that worked out. out. And in her first and race, she she was had been really tired and didn't do so well. But then she came out to do her final. We have prelims and finals. She came out to do her final, and she says, "I'm going to win this." That was just how she was. She was determined. And by golly, she took off at the starting line. She was first. She came in and got the gold. And it was just it was. Massive eruption, eruption in the stands. stands. It was so cool. It was so and she cool. ended up getting, ended a goal getting a goal in the relay, in the relay also. also. She just persevered. She was not going to give up. She was exhausted and had to take some time where she would take naps and things like that. She just kept going. And when we got home, she continued. I believe for another year, she had gotten where it had gone to her brain. So they had done some brain surgery. And then as the year went on, she just kind of started, you know, just getting getting worse and had spread more in her body. And she passed away on November 8th of 2016. She was given the first ESPN athlete of the year award for Special Olympics for the whole United States. And that was really cool. I'll never forget Olivia all of what she did and how she just kept right at it. It's amazing. Like such a wonderful story, such a sad story, but such a wonderful story and such perseverance. 
Yes, yes definitely. Yeah. definitely. So, well, thanks for sharing those. And so let's look forward a little bit. Where are some things you're looking forward to being able to, to keep doing or looking forward to doing as your volunteering keeps going into the future? Well, well, we have our 50th, have our 50th celebration, celebration games coming games up at the end of July. So it's the 50th, so it's the 50th anniversary, anniversary of Special Olympics being here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And so, and so I'm going to be a part of that, part of that both with the leadership, leadership group and also, and also officiating, officiating Bocce and Track. And track. So, I'm so I'm looking forward to that. We also have a new CEO of Wisconsin Special Olympics and looking forward to working with him. His name is Chad. And he's been a real go-getter so far and including the athletes. So that's been great. I'm hoping we can get back together with face-to-face. Training, training because, because we, we get so much get out, so of, it, out of it. But this past, this weekend, past weekend, I was in Appleton and officiated for Bocce, and there was an athlete, was an athlete that was helping that was out to officiate. And as I was leading, he said to me, I said, Well, thanks said, well, so much thanks for so much volunteering because I really want to do more of this. And I said, Well, if you've been to our athlete leadership training, and he said, No, he said, Our coach in this area has a hard time doing that. And I said, Well, let me get your name, and I'll give it to Jeannie, and we'll keep you on the radar because we'd love to have you be a part of that. You'd be a great addition. I hope so that, I hope the that the leadership and the athletes being a part of this really spreads out over Wisconsin, Wisconsin and we can get so many more athletes involved in that. And it doesn't matter what level they're, level they're at because they because always, they have, always something have something to bring, something to bring forward to the group and the Special Olympics. So right now my intention is staying as involved as possible. My husband is kind of resigned to the fact that I'm going to do that. So yeah, so I keep active with that and look forward to being a part of it. Well, we just want to say thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to talk to you today. And then congratulations again on the Governor Service Awards. You were incredibly deserving of it. And it was so great reading your story, hearing about it, and getting to talk with you again today. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, I really Kyle. appreciate it. I was so honored to receive that award. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And have a wonderful day. And good luck with the 50th anniversary of this summer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having thank me. For having me. And thanks again to Deb for sharing about her years of volunteer service with Special Olympics Wisconsin and giving us another story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Flower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S in S-File stands for service. And you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.